Whenever you guys are. What's Swingin' Nation? Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Fred Moore. Today, my guest is Charles Feruza. He's from Mindful Movement PT, and he's in Cedar Grove, New Jersey, so he's a neighbor of mine. So very excited that he was able to come down here, sit with me, and talk about Mindful Movement. Uh, before we start, just want to give a shout out to Graziella Coffee Company, sponsor of the show. Use the discount code MACENATION15 to get a 15% off a delicious bag of roasted beans delivered right to your door. I promise you, you're going to enjoy his coffee. He sends me a bag every month and I suck it down. It's delicious. Uh, also, we've got a couple other sponsors, but you're going to have to sign up for the Steel Mace Nation newsletter to get those discount codes because they're always like a revolving discount code. Go to SteelMaceNation.com, sign up for the free newsletter. There's articles and updates and things like that, and you'll get your discount codes from AdXClub.com, MaceFit.com, and also VintageStrengthTraining.com. All right, everybody, let's talk to Charles. What's happening, Charles? How are you today? How you doing, Fred? Thanks for having me down. I'm good, and yes, thank you for coming down. This was awesome. I know Cedar Grove is a, a little bit of a drive. Yeah, but, really, it wasn't too bad. It was like an hour trip, and there was no traffic today, so it was perfect. Okay, and Cedar Grove is next to what other t communities? Uh, it's like right by Wayne, Verona, Caldwell, uh, Little Falls, Mon uh, Montclair. It's like uh, tucked away. It's a small town. It's like right by the Willowbrook Mall. Yeah, and about 30 minutes from New York City? Yeah, yeah, 30-minute, uh, 45-minute train ride. It's not, yeah. not bad at all. And I like to point that out because nowadays with COVID going on, I don't know what's going on over in Manhattan. But if you're not getting your fitness on and if you're not taking care of your body and, you know, everything's shut down over there, how hard is it to just take a quick trip over to Cedar Grove and visit Charles at Mindful Movement PT? Uh, it's super easy. Super easy. And that's what we're going to tell everybody about. We're going to talk about We'll talk about what it is that you're doing because I came across you again on Instagram and uh, you have a great Instagram. It's actually worthwhile to follow you because you post up helpful stuff that people can use right away. And one of the things that um, I was noticing besides the fact that you got some steel club and steel mace stuff going on, like this is cutting edge new wave stuff going on mm -hmm. here. I mean, PT has always been PT. Everybody thinks about somebody pulling on a string in mm -hmm. some place for 45 minutes and then they send you home. You're not doing that. You're a young dude. You have like a huge, uh, it seems like a vast library of different things you do. And some of these exercises to help people like putting a towel around the back of your head mm -hmm. and and moving it so you don't have neck pain or uh the stuff with with like the feet and the toes and everything that's actually where i i came in because uh, i started having an issue with my my big toe mm -hmm. and i and it turns out i have a bunion and it's from the shoes i wear so i was like uh, -uh i ain't playing that game i i actually became less stable because of the curvature in oh yeah the for toe. sure that toe was supposed to be going out mm -hmm. So it was affecting my squat. It was affecting my mace game. It was affecting everything. So uh, you're like one of the first people I came across um, that paid attention to stuff like that. And I thought that was really neat. So oh, yeah. how it, did you get into um, uh, PT? How long have you been doing it? Oh, man. It's um, 
it, it's been six or seven years since I, I've been a PT. Um, I'm also, also an athletic trainer, so I've been doing that for like nine or ten years. You know, the, the years blur together at this point. Um, and I've been lucky enough to kind of practice in a lot of different settings with a lot of different people. And I've gotten to learn from, you know, a lot of much smarter people than me. Um, you know, right now my office is in a CrossFit gym. Um, and I get to work with a lot of those athletes, which is, you know, a ton of fun because they're people who are really interested in being healthy, staying healthy. Um, and it's fun to work with those kind of people because you get to work with some of your higher level skills. You know, we get to touch barbells and clubs and kettlebells and maces and things like that, yeah. which is awesome. Um, but a lot of my background is working with more traditional like court and field athletes. So I get to incorporate some of those elements as well. So like um, different uh, like running and cutting drills, um, different plyometric types of drills and things like that. Um, and it sounds like, you know, I probably sound like I'm a performance coach, but it's like, you know, you got to bridge the gap a little bit between what people want to do and what they are doing. And you need to have those skills to, to kind of connect those two things. Um, yeah. So six years, 10 years and hope to keep going. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's already a long time. And, um, and judging by the way you just explained everything, I'm, I'm thinking performance, right? And and everybody always thinks the high-end athlete, the elite, you know, their performance. But aren't we all performing mm -hmm. at some level or another? Even um, an 80-year-old woman who fell and is trying to recover from an injury, it has to perform. Absolutely. I mean, like for her, performance is like getting out of the chair and walking to the kitchen or watching, walking to the bathroom or being able to, you know, get in and out of bed, you know. Um, for a CrossFit athlete, it might be, hey, I want to be able to do deadlifts today so that I can pick up my kid tomorrow. Right. You know, and it, it's it's all the same. You know, people have movement goals and fitness goals, and it doesn't really matter what they are. You need to be able to, like, break things apart so that you can give them digestible pieces to get there. Yes. Right. And um, when we were uh, just opening up and we were talking about, the, like, the, my toe and everything mm -hmm. like that, the you you uh we just had a brief discussion before we started rolling about like the importance of the feet and everything and and uh, what did you say like people get a little frustrated sometimes if they have yeah. to train their feet yeah so you know we we, we sit in uh in these shoes that kind of like pinch our, our toes together um they have these big cushy heels and you kind of lose your your body's ability to like understand or have awareness of your feet and toes and it's kind of like it's funny what you were saying about how you feel like you lose balance and you were you know losing the mobility or the control of your squat because if your toes can't like find the ground and you can't maintain the uh, the shape of your arch when you're trying to do those it like wreaks havoc all the way up the chain right yeah. so if your big toe can't move and you can't maintain the stability of your arch well what's going to happen right well now you have a mobile arch all right well what you know what what's like the chain of events up the up the chain well now the ankle is going to try and be stable when it's supposed to be mobile the knee is going to do some funky stuff and then the hip is going to be like well hey guys like is anyone doing their job can we bring this back together so it's really funny that you think about like how important the toe and the foot is to like a compound movement like a like a squat right. and then when you start thinking about things like running or jumping and you know how important that that like springboard off the big toe is it's like it's crazy yeah and and what when i noticed uh i had an issue you know i went to the doctor and they were like yeah you know it's, it's your shoes and and your toe is starting to migrate in mm -hmm. and then this back joint is starting to pop out and that's what's hurting mm -hmm. and then it all came clear to me as i was standing in my bare foot in front of the mirror that because that f that toe is angled in 
and I'm losing that spread, it's causing my arch to fall and mm -hmm. it's causing my ankle to roll inward. Yeah, yeah. And and I was like, holy crap, this is crazy. Like I'm out of shape mm -hmm. because of my toe. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, I I came across um, a so let me let me not jump ahead too quick. So I I uh, learned to some toe exercise one of them is just to lay there and s just spread your toes mm -hmm. and you talk about uh your brain losing touch oh yeah at first it was like my toes weren't like it was like paralyzed yeah it's like your toes paralyzed you're like hey buddy like, like do something i can't move mm -hmm. i can't move my toes i'm like oh my god this is and then i started to learn like oh if i like push the ball my foot and i like and i and i get my calf into mm -hmm. it then i learned but then all of a sudden one day i'm like why does my knee hurt so much I made my knee sore mm -hmm. because I was doing that same repetitive movement over. Mm -hmm. It was helping me down there, but now it was affecting me somewhere else. Right. So I was getting frustrated. I came across a particular post. It was on your Instagram. And Christian, can you bring that particular uh, post up? I want everybody on who's watching on video, you could see this. If you're if you're listening on audio, I'm sorry you can't see it, but maybe we'll uh, you could just fast forward to it on the. On the video on on the Steel Mace Nation YouTube channel, but yes, here's this woman who is got a band around her toes and then around her ankles. And I asked I asked Charles in the DM. I said, "Hey, is this good for somebody with a bunion?" And he's like, "Yeah, I think you could, might even be able to read it there. It's probably." Mm -hmm. And so I don't. I, I've been doing these maybe like once a week. I should probably do them every day. Um, How do you feel after doing them? Way better because my knee won't bother me. That's awesome. Right? Yeah, that's huge. So so yeah. the, the first exercise was good because it helped me a little bit, mm -hmm. but it was bothering my knee. And then when I started doing those, my knee doesn't bother me and my toes feel like awesome. Yeah. I love I love this drill because it like it hits two like kills two birds with one stone, right? So you get that big toe stretch and you kind of teach your body like, hey, this is how it aligns with the rest of your foot. Right. But then when it figure eights around the arch, you also have to maintain your arch support. Right. So you get the big toe mobility, you get your arch stability, and then you just ask everything else to move, get into like a more functional position. So you're going up on your toes into triple extension with the ankle, knee, and hip. Yep. And then that's going to translate a lot to really all of your athletic movements. Yeah. I, for anybody listening on audio, it's the woman is standing and she's doing like a, a calf raise at, while these bands are around her toes and that's why i like it because because i'm the kind of guy where if i just sit there and spread my toes all day i get frustrated because mm -hmm. i could be doing like re real exercise right and but hey i'm doing my calves mm -hmm. and if you wanted to once you get good with that you could probably hold a weight in your hand absolutely and now you could really attack your calves while maintaining the arch and all that other stuff yeah it's a brilliant exercise yeah i wish i could take credit for it, for it i stole it from someone else on instagram i would give credit but i don't remember who i stole it from right. so i apologize well now it's yours that's yeah, it if right. you don't remember <laughs> yeah 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 right give credit three times and then it's <laughs> that's it yeah but yeah, no, it's a, that's your whole Instagram in a nutshell, um, helpful things that people could do and are easy. Mm -hmm. So I just really wanted to uh, point that out. Yeah, so, thank you. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So now uh, what do your um, clients say when you hand them a mace? So they first kind of look at me like, hey, what is this? Mm -hmm. You know, um, but we like to use it a lot for uh, mobility and like trunk con trunk control. So one of my favorite ways to use my mace or use a mace with a patient is to kind of do like a pendulum behind the head, um, especially for someone who has like, you know, poor uh, 
anterior trunk control, so like they have a, a, a tough time like keeping their ribs down. Um, they have a tough time getting into thoracic extension, and their shoulder blades like don't really know what they're doing. So it's an easy way to kind of hit all three of those and you know make them feel mobile, make them feel strong, and make them kind of feel like a badass because they're swinging a mace yeah. in their PT session. You know, like I feel like that doesn't happen at a lot of places. No, not yeah. in PT especially. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. Um, that that's probably my favorite way to use it right now um but i also love like the the lever aspect of it so one of the things that i'll see is you know for for people with um you know ankle issues or knee issues uh when they're squatting they try to lean away from um a, away from the limb that's affected right so if they hurt their left ankle they'll right. put a lot more weight on their right foot right so you can use that lever to kind of like shift them back to start putting more weight onto their left foot so like if you put the the bell on the left side yeah. it forces them to load their left because if they're trying to load up their right they're going to feel really funky yeah that's brilliant mm -hmm. you see how it, it, this is so interesting I, I just came from my morning pt session um i was doing some metabolic conditioning and we did an exercise i'm not going to go on, get into it but something simple but then we talked about like the deeper details and you miss so much important stuff even in a simple exercise mm -hmm. and and what you just illustrated is a perfect example that if you just put a little bit of weight on the other side of their body it could counterbalance something mm -hmm. like a injury which this is the kind of stuff that the steel mace world needs to get out there you mm -hmm. know like so this is cutting edge it's yeah i suppose you could do it by having a person hold a dumbbell yeah you do it with the dumbbell i've done it with um with power bands to like force them to to shift right but the idea is you take a, a concept all right and the idea is like you want to feed the impairment right so if they shift to their right i want to make them feel like they're sh shifting more to their right so that they have to then shift to their left to feel balanced right right so when you understand like what tools are available for you to do that you can then start manipulating those variables right so you can do it with a band you can do it with a dumbbell you can do it with a mace and each one of them is going to force them in a different way yeah um, different feel yeah different kind exactly of... exactly and and what i like about with the with the mace as opposed to dumbbell that if you're like i don't know if they're holding it up with their arm bent that becomes like it could be tiring their arm especially oh, sure. if it's somebody older mm -hmm. um or does it hang uh you know it, maybe right but uh with the mace you could actually hold it and support it with the with the handle hand mm -hmm. you can as they get better you could extend the lever mm -hmm. so it's the same weight but you go out an inch right so that could be a way to um, enhance it. And then also um, when they really start getting good, you have them pull apart on the mace or crush in. Right. I was just going to say, like, you can you can force their body tension in different ways. And then right. the other variable to manipulate is, like, how far away from their center of mass do they hold it? Like, do they hold it, you know, 6 to 12 inches out in front of them because that gives them a counterbalance, right? Or do they hold it really tight? So now they have to figure out how to get into their ankles and hips a little bit more so they can drop lower. And does that translate with, you know, for some of my CrossFit athletes, does that translate into their front squat and their clean or their back squat or anything anything like that or even their overhead squat which really has a, a huge demand for those kind of things right so now would you say that if you just handed a mace to somebody for the first time mm -hmm. and you were having them hold it horizontally mm -hmm. like belly button height rib cage height no uh horizontally oh okay like, gotcha yeah, yeah and 
if you just watched how they squatted with it, if they hold the mace way out in front of them, mm -hmm. what does that tell you? Uh, well, I mean, it, it really only tells me, it, it'll tell me two things. One, they don't know where to hold it. Or two, they need some sort of counterbalance. And that's really just like an indication to me that like we need to look a little bit deeper. So that that count that that is actually helping them stabilize their squat when right. they put it out further mm -hmm. because um, perhaps they feel like they're gonna fall backwards. Exactly. And that's a that's a variable that I'll manipulate for someone who um, like has some sort of knee pain or is like post op and they're not quite comfortable dropping down into a squat. Well, I can make them do this, make them feel more comfortable, give their body some better awareness of where they are in space, and now we can have them do that. Like, that's our stepping stone until, like, okay, now we do a goblet squat, and now we do a front squat, and now we do a back squat, and something like that. Right. Wow. That, see, this is great stuff. This is absolutely great stuff. And also, do you use steel clubs? Yeah, I, I love clubs. So actually, this it's kind of funny. I got started with the, like, we'll call them like circular strength tools, yeah. right? Clubs and maces and, you know, things like that. Um, when I was living in Texas, I worked for Exos. And, you know, we had like the weapons closet at Exos, which was just like all of the uh, the plyo boxes and the hurdles and, you know, the, the harnesses and the bungee cords, whatever. And I found these two clubs like these plastic clubs that no one ever touched and i was like oh these are kind of cool like i want to play with that right but i had no idea what i was doing so that night or that weekend i went home and i started watching youtube videos and i was like oh this is cool like how can i you know play with this a little bit and i didn't have any clubs in my apartment so i grabbed like a, a bottle of rum that i had and i was like using the bottle as a club and just trying to learn the different patterns nice um and take that, a swig in yeah reps. yeah well you know what i got better the looser i got <laughs> right. right well no, the bottle I'm was getting kidding. lighter yeah, too. yeah exactly right <laughs> Um, so, you know, I went back the next week and I started incorporating it into, into my, you know, my routine. And it's crazy because it, it does, su it does such wonders for your grip and your shoulder mobility that you don't even think about. So I started incorporating it with a lot of my athletes in their rehab. So I had a couple of guys who were, um, post-op Tommy John, you know, doing some return to throw stuff. And I had them using the club because it was able to, you know, it was a lightweight, um, tool that we could use to get them to like feel some similar, um, you know, similar forces to when they throw. And then we started using it as a warm up before they threw. So they would feel loose. They would like feel good. And it was a way to incorporate some things that are a little bit funky, but like really good for them. Um, and it was, it was awesome. And then I went down to on it. I took their foundations course and that's when things like really exploded. Um, you know, I, I like couldn't stop playing with it. I got like some heavier clubs, I got some heavier maces and you know, like I, I do it all the time now. It's yeah. like in my standard warm up. Right. Yes. Mine too. I, I, in fact, um, you want to talk about, I mean, I know I did it a million times in my, my past, especially through my twenties. I, I ain't got time to warm up. I'll just warm up on the bench mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah. 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 And nowadays it's such a friggin' lifesaver because I look forward to my warm up mm -hmm. because it's it's like more interact. I don't know. It, I don't know if interactive is the right word. It, it is. It's more interactive holding the mace. I just feel like I'm getting more out of it. I could warm up my whole body with a nice steel mace flow. Oh, for sure. And for after sure. I move through all the movements, I can do my squats, my bench press, my shoulders, mm -hmm. whatever I want to do. And just to think, like I spent ten minutes. 
you know, maybe doing some flow, which just added to like, you know, using up calories and, mm -hmm. and everything like that. And instead of just um, doing the typical warm ups, which I do those two, but not as much. Yeah, I mean, it's like you gotta you gotta have a, a little healthy mix, right? Because yes. you know you gotta do some not necessarily static stretching because you know there there's a whole argument on that, right? Um, but you want like some some dynamic stuff and some things that are gonna be more specific for uh, the lift that you're gonna do throughout the day, right? But I like to use my club as part of my warm up or clubs, depending on what I'm doing, um, as almost like a check in with my body. Yes. You know, like hey, how is my shoulder feeling today? What's my grip feeling like? Like. It, am I am I staying stiff the way I'm supposed to? Am I staying loose the way I'm supposed to? And like, if I'm not, what do I have to do to change that before I get into you know some of my heavier work? Right. So now those things that you might have to do to change it would be could be anything. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't necessarily have to be something with a club or a mace at that point. Right. Exactly. It's just like, hey, look, look at me. I, I'm a I'm gonna be a problem for you. So. So fix me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you got to find that thing. Yeah, that, don't ignore this. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and and then I think that also feeds right back into your mace game too. Um, you know, if you're if you're just let's just say you're one of those people that they only want to train with maces and clubs. Mm -hmm. Great, you're you're training. That's that's awesome. But um, if you find those like nagging areas um, in your movement patterns, maybe the answer isn't a mace or a club. Maybe it's something else. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's just uh, some uh, body weight mobility drills or something. And then th you could fix it, and then you could get back into really yeah, so, punching out steel mace. Or yeah, whatever. you're really you're really coming down to the idea of, like, how do you build out a system to address different things like that, right? So, um, you know, again, I, I take all of my stuff from people who are way smarter than me, and I just try to integrate it into what I do, right? So... If you have a system of like how to progress and regress movement, you it really doesn't matter what tool you use in that system because you can figure out a way to you know cr create the the movement that you want, right? So, as a physical therapist, the way that I think about what I do is like I help provide a sensory input to my patient so that their nervous system can take that information, integrate it, make a motor plan, and we can change the motor output, right? So easier said like, hey, we're gonna stretch your hamstring, this way your hips move better, right? Um, but you can take that idea with anything, right? It's like um, with the counterbalance, right? I'm gonna change the environment that your body's in, all right? So that you can drop lower in your squat. This way your body learns how to be lower in a squat. This way the next time you squat, you can get lower in your squat, right. you know? And then if you like, stretch that out even further it's like okay you can't do it standing so how can i get you into whatever movement right like take take hip flexion right so bringing your thigh towards your chest you can't bring your thigh to your chest at the bottom of your squat you get stuck okay what position can i get you in so that you can get your thigh to your chest successfully okay maybe we go to kneeling okay you can't do it in kneeling let's put you on hands and knees crawl like a crawling position quadruped can't do it there okay let's put you on your back and that's where we have to work mm -hmm. you know until wherever right you can't do it on your back on your own. How can we assist you to make you successful so that we can take that movement and reintegrate it into your squat? Yes. So whether you're using a club, a mace, a power band, a kettlebell, a dumbbell, you know, a, a bag of sand that you found on the side of the road, it doesn't matter. It's like, right. what's the goal? How do I use the tool in front of me to achieve the goal? Yeah. All right. I like that. That's awesome. Um, and, you know, and you know that I work in the fire service. Um, and one of my things is I'm trying to bring good movement 
to the fire service. So important. And I'm trying to bring the steel mason, of course, into. I think it's. I think it's like it could be a game changer because, mm-hmm. um, essentially, the problem is you got to got a bunch of guys that get d d um they they detrained mm-hmm. or you know to be nice yeah um well you guys cook real good that's the that's one of the problems <laughs> yeah. it is like it's it is unbelievable there's mm-hmm. some cooking that goes on these guys put pride into it mm-hmm. and that's a beautiful thing yeah beautiful thing but the, and it's not unhealthy all the time it's sometimes straight up healthy food but it's just so damn delicious mm-hmm. you can't eat just one plate right and you're like oh i'll have five plates right yeah (laughs) but um yeah so guys are are sometimes looking to get back into physical shape and they don't know what to do right so they go back to the way it was Mm -hmm. they go well back when i was in my 20s i bench press squatted and they probably did a brilliant job at that age but now they're 10 15 20 pounds heavier their muscles have atrophied Mm -hmm. they might have an injury now uh, faulty movement patterns, and when they go back to do their bench press, they um, they think they're doing it right, mm-hmm. but they're not, and then they're hurting themselves, and then they're quitting after two weeks, right? Or they're not able to lift the weight they used to lift. Lift. You get frustrated. And they get and... frustrated, right? So, um, you know, I don't know how much uh, you've you've looked into maybe like fire service and stuff like that, but what are if you have any? What are some helpful things? guys on the, on the job can do that mm-hmm. you know just while they're hanging around the firehouse waiting for the next call outside of using a steel mace of course right, you know, right. i think that's one great thing but is there anything else that they could do that's they're not going to go work up a heavy sweat in other mm-hmm. words but they want to just feel a little bit better so i mean always go after the low-hanging fruit first right so drink more water try to get better sleep you know, try to find a, an easy way to manage some stress, whether it's just like uh, some breathing techniques or, you know, whatever, um, and eat better food, right? Those are those are yeah. the low-hanging fruit, right? If you do those, you're going to feel better no matter what. Um, but provided that you're already doing those types of things, going into some sort of like mobility flow type program, like a 10, 15-minute um, mobility routine that you can do every day, right? So making sure that you're targeting... Uh, Well, first of all, I I always have all of my patients start with some sort of breathing activity, right? So if you can get the diaphragm to do its job, um, everything else gets a a little bit easier, right? So if you can't breathe in a position, you can't own it. All right. And if you don't own the position, you're you're asking for trouble. Um, All right. Can you explain why? Yeah, sure. So your body is always going to prioritize getting oxygen in, right? So it's going to sacrifice your movement quality, your joints, your muscles, whatever, in order to make sure that you can get oxygen in and survive, right? So if your body has to use your neck muscles to lift your rib cage up so that your lungs can expand, well, it's gonna do that 10 times out of 10 so that you can get oxygen in your lungs, right? Um, if you can bring your breathing patterns back to a more like, you know, we'll call it a diaphragmatic breathing pattern, right? But either way, it's more about like getting your ribs to expand and collapse without necessarily using your accessory muscles of breathing. Um, you know, you're going to have a, a couple of things happen. One, you're going to have a decrease in what I call like protective tone in your muscles. All right. And it's going to allow you to move better. So you're Pro- going to like protective tone, meaning the muscles actually tighten up. Exactly. To protect themselves. Right. They, they're anticipating uh, danger. Something is going to hurt them. Right. So muscles have like a primary action, right? Um, and they want to do that primary action. 
And they also have a secondary action, and they do that as like a stabilizing thing when they're not the prime mover. Um, but anytime a, the body calls on the calls on a muscle to do more than one job at the same time, the nervous system kind of steps in and it's like, hey, we're not doing this because you're asking for trouble. You're going to get hurt. So it stiffens up. All right. So that's a, a lot of the reason why people's like necks are always stiff when they're stressed or why their hamstrings are always stiff and they feel like they need to stretch. Um, and a lot of times the answer isn't like, let's stretch these muscles out. It's let's figure out why they're stiffening up in the first place, provide a intervention that's going to address that so that they can release on their own. And, you know, we'll put release in quotes because that's, you know, whatever. Um, but either way, back to the original point, it's like start with breathing so that you can eliminate some of that protective tone and then target some of the really important areas, right? So the, the things that I see that tend to be like the biggest issues in um, really everybody is their ability to move through their thoracic spine and ribcage because that's going to affect how their shoulder blades and their neck moves and their ability to move through their hips, all right? So if you can take 15 minutes to address some of your breathing mechanics um, some thoracic mobility and some hip mobility, I guarantee you that by the time you stand up, you're going to feel a lot better. And you're also going to feel a little bit relaxed because you won't be having this, um, this sympathetic ramp up, right? So the other thing that happens when you're using your accessory muscles for breathing is your body ends up in this like fight or flight state constantly. Right. All right. And you can't stay there forever. All right. Um, but either way, you're in this like hypersympathetic state or this fight or flight state. And if you can pull your body out of that with your breathing mechanics, you're going to feel less stress because you're going to be balanced between your sympathetic system and your parasympathetic system. Um, and once you do that, it like, it, it's just like a cascade of events. You feel better. Your muscles feel, you know, looser for lack of a better term. You move better. Um, you know, you're in a better mood and you're ready to go. You feel more recovered and, and rested. Wow, that's really good, informative stuff. So, I mean, if if guys are sitting around the firehouse and they're feeling tight and tired, mm -hmm. but they're like, hey, man, I haven't really, you know, outside of like our regular training and inventory and everything, we haven't really gone to a fire or anything serious. So why am I like all feeling like tight and everything? They should start by first breathing mm -hmm. and doing like like four seconds in four seconds out type breathing mm -hmm. slow slow down to breathing and then find all the tight areas like if it's in their neck start relaxing their shoulders yeah exactly just yeah. it's it's not so much find the tight areas it's make sure that you're moving through the right areas so like when you're doing some of these breathing drills you want to make sure like the that your chest isn't rising too much you want to make sure like the bottom of your ribs are expanding yeah um, and not so much belly breathing uh, but like make sure the bottom of the ribs are like expanding. The sides? yeah the sides yeah, yeah. Um, before the chest starts to rise um, and by doing that by focusing on where you should be breathing the muscles that feel tight will relax on their own. That's amazing. That, and, and how how interesting that this morning as I was going through my uh, training session, we were doing squats mm -hmm. and, um, and it wasn't too heavy, but I was really, really, you know, working hard, paying attention to my form. And I racked it and I said, you know, I feel like my breathing is my weak link. Mm -hmm. and, you know, my coach is like, what what are you talking about and i'm like yeah man i feel like i'm like maybe not i'm i'm oh, i'm not getting the right gas exchange like i'm over i'm hyperventilating mm -hmm. or um like too much co2 is in my lungs so we we took a step back and we started talking about it. and he knew he knew the answer and he mentioned that mm -hmm. he mentioned are you breathing he goes where where do you feel the breathing and i'm like up here 
And I'm like, yeah, he, he's, he goes, no, no, he goes, you want to feel it down mm -hmm. here. Besides, you need to be bracing yourself. Right. And he said, believe it or not, it's just happening anyway because you're putting that load on your back. But you, you have to be mindful of where you're putting your breath. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right. And, you know, so I did it. And I'll tell you, the first the first couple times, it was like a chore, mm -hmm. like trying to break the pattern that I was using and install this new pattern into my breathing. But. I did feel better. Mm -hmm. I felt better. I didn't get like as as wiped out as quick, and we did go heavier. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, you're mentioning exactly the same thing I just went through this morning. Well, it's so funny to kind of make it full circle when you were talking about the toes, right? And how frustrating it is when you're trying to wiggle your toes and you you have no idea like where your body is. The same thing happens when people are breathing. So yeah. you know, believe it or not, like people always look at me like I'm crazy when they come into my office like the first time because I make almost everybody blow up a balloon, <laughs> all right? Um, we do some positional breathing where they blow up a balloon and when we get them in position and I try to like get them, okay, like this is how you breathe, this, breathe in, this is where you want to breathe into and then I want you to breathe out and blow the balloon up and the balloon doesn't go anywhere, they look at me like, what the hell is going on? You know, I'm, I am an adult human. I should be able to blow up a balloon, you know. Um, but after a few times, a couple of cues or whatever, they all, all of a sudden they can start to blow the balloon up and they say, oh, okay, now I feel what you were talking about. Um, and then to translate that to squats, right, if you're breathing in where you should be, right, now your hip muscles aren't trying to stabilize your pelvis, right? Your breathing muscles, your abs are stabilizing your pelvis, and now your hips are free to move a little bit better. So you can drop lower into your squat. You know, if you're breathing better, you free up the hip mobility, you free up the ankle mobility, and now all of a sudden your movement quality is better. You're not as stressed from, you know, how you're breathing, and that's why you can load up the bar a little bit more. So, like, these yeah. tiny little things make such a big difference in your performance. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, if somebody is, like, an, a, a big-time athlete, I'm sure they have access to this type of coaching and stuff like that. Um, like you said, it could be a 1% difference, but that is the difference between mm -hmm. you winning a championship or not. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, if, if this is where athletes are spending their time, because they have to, they're all, they're all at 100% already. Right. So how do I get my edge over my opponent? Like, well, maybe if I breathe better. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe if my, my toes are better. Yeah, exactly. It's now, like, can toes, I recover better? Right. Can I recover better? Right. Um, so that's, I mean, obviously on a lesser level if we're just people going through life and we got we're not playing ball or whatever but again we're, we're still performing mm -hmm. we're still performing and if you're having difficulties in your movement um you know it, if it's putting a mace behind your head and doing a pendulum mm -hmm. that changes the way you feel for the rest of the day then that's the answer mm -hmm. that's the answer if it's your toe if it's your breathing if it's those three things put together, now you got a mastery over those three. Oh yeah. Oh my God. It makes a big difference. Yeah. So I wanted to bring it back to uh, in the firehouse, right? What kind of stuff outside of the mace guys could do? But I want to talk about like how how the mace and the clubs can really translate to what they're doing, right? Mm -hmm. um, a lot of what people think of as like performance um, is all like sagittal plane or like front and back kind of movements. Right. And life happens in the transverse plane. Life happens with rotation. And, you know, the clubs and the mace are really one of the only tools that can help you move fast with resistance 
and you need the mobility to do those in some rotation or in some lateral movement. So even just like getting started learning how to use a mace or some clubs, um, it's going to really help with your movement quality overall, and it's going to make you a lot more resilient because now you're training in the planes of motion that you're going to be using when you're in the field. Right. And I think that's something that, that gets overlooked. Yeah. And I think it's it's super important because, like, train the way that you want to play. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, I don't know what every firefighter is doing in the world mm -hmm. as far as their athlete athletics are concerned if they train. But where you see a lot of people go is they go for the bench press, the shoulder press, the arm curls. Mm -hmm. You know, they got to get the guns, mm -hmm. the guns going, right? Yeah, well, so, I don't blame them. Like, you need the guns. You do. Yeah. You do. But they're not really hitting the posterior chain mm -hmm. and are not and are not doing rotational pattern movements, like you said. Mm -hmm. And that's everything in firefighting. I mean, where is a bench press really going to assist you in your it, – it, it's not even going to help you swing an axe. No. Because the axe is coming more out of a rotational movement, mm -hmm. uh, athletic movement. And it's it's a full body thing, even though it's a very light tool. Mm -hmm. um, but you have to do it with your gear on, mm -hmm. you know, and your body is already under stress from that and overheating. So you could just say that that axe weighs a million pounds at some point because your body's going to break down faster. But they they're not focusing on their their legs as much, which it, you know everything is the legs. Mm -hmm. You know how you, how you stand your your you know like if. Uh, if you're able to get down and hinge and 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 tension up your 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 ass and your um your hamstrings and then do work mm -hmm. you're going to be much safer that way oh yeah a low profile you'll be more effective too yeah you'll be more effective right your every strike or whatever you do is going to be times 10 right instead of whatever was going on and we had a guy that uh did some damage to his knee swinging a mall uh, a sledgehammer mm -hmm. like almost like a golf swing he swung it low and hit the wall and it, he just his knee just did something yeah well his body probably had no idea how to accept that force because it hadn't been training in rotation at all so if he had been in that position with some of his training his body would be a lot more resilient and it it would know how to react to that force Right. So that's that's what we call proprioception, proprioception, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like what what's your body's ability to know where it is in space? Yeah. I mean, that's that's a, like a big thing. I know it's, it sounds simple, but um, when I coach people, they come in at di different levels. And I know you have to see this w with what you do. Sometimes it, it's almost amazing. Like you're like, is this person joking? Mm -hmm. Like their proprioception is so bad. Yeah. So bad. It's like you're it, this can't be real. Mm -hmm. And then you tell them what they're doing and they still keep doing the other thing. Oh, yeah. And, um, w and on that note. As far as like uh, mace is concerned, there's simple exercises, and then there's complex exercises, and then you have things like steel mace flow, right. which is a, is like a series of complex exercises that could just keep going and going and going. Where would you rank steel mace as far as would you say it's like um, beginner, uh, intermediate, advanced? As far as when you're looking at somebody with poor proprioception, right? Um, I think it really comes down to what that person's goals are. What are they? What are they training for? Um, you know, because it's it's going to be the same with whatever tool you put in their hand. Like if they don't know where their body is moving with no uh, external force or external load, then any external load.
probably for the the purpose of resistance training probably isn't what they need at that moment now the the beauty is not all resistance tools have to be used for resistance all right so you can use a resistance tool as a way to assist a movement right so okay i know that you're for for hip flexion example again right I know that you can't bring your thigh to your chest because you don't know how to stabilize your pelvis between, you know, use the muscles that stabilize your pelvis that attach to your ribs and your pelvis, right? So if I can use this tool as a way to help you stimulate those muscles so that you can create stiffness through your trunk, now I can free up your hip to learn how to go into hip flexion. So I don't need to use a resistance tool to resist hip flexion to make someone better at hip flexion. I can use a resistance tool to teach them how to tension their body to free their hip up to learn how to explore space. Oh, okay. So you're saying you're going to tension them up in the right places so that that hip mm -hmm. can actually say, okay, I'm free to kind of wiggle around and do my own, my own, my own thing. Exactly. And it's like, you're creating like personal connections to your muscles. Exactly. So a lot of times you'll hear coaches like, you know, use your hip flexor or squeeze your butt. Right. And someone who's got like poor motor control or poor body awareness, they're going to say like, I don't know what that means. You know, they don't, they can't make that internal connection. So you can then use like an external cue and say, you know, squeeze a walnut with your cheek, you know, crack a walnut, whatever. <laughs> and then if something like that doesn't work, well, then you have to use movement as a cue. All right. I have to force you into a position where if you can't stabilize your body, you can't perform the movement. Right. So I'm going to use this motor experience, right? I'm going to give you a sensory input that forces a motor experience. So similar to, um, what we were talking about before with a squat, right? If you're shifting onto your right leg and I need you to get to center, what I can do is take a power band, wrap it around your waist, pull you further to the right. So now your body's like, oh, I'm over my right foot. I should probably center out, push you to your left. Now, I never had to say shift to your left. Right. Your body's like, I don't want to fall. I'm going to shift to the left. Right. And then you just, you know, you take the band off and you say, okay, this is what it should feel like. See how you're dropping into the middle? That's what I want it to be every time that's when you can start to add load okay now since you're in this field i have a good question for you how many people and i'm not just talking about people who need pt mm -hmm. i'm talking about regular people who are going to the gym every day doing regular stuff all the way up through into athletics and everything in between how many people are using some type of faulty movement pattern all of them myself included right yes. i mean there's right. You know, it's that, that's like that's such a hot topic to discuss, right? Because what what's functional? You know, yeah. functional is like, can I accomplish the task that I need to? But is it the most efficient way? Right? Um, I think most people would be would benefit from some sort of like um, breathing practice and mobility, you know, type of uh, routine. Um, so I mean, I, I, the answer is all of them. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, that was a loaded question. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I. You know. I. You're the expert on this type of stuff more than I am for sure. And I wanted to just hear that because we, especially guys on the job in the fire department, we're a lot of type A guys. I know what to do. Mm -hmm. I know, you know, I, I used to work out. It's not a big deal. Right. Um, and even when somebody trains with coaches and all this stuff, they still exhibit some type of faulty movement pattern. And and that's not a big deal. It's right. not always going to be like, oh, my God, you're, you're going to destroy yourself. Right. But it's nice to know 
that you could fine-tune your operation almost endlessly. Right. Well, the other thing to consider is that there are more than – there's many factors that's going to influence how you're moving at any one point. Yeah. Right? Like right. you might drop down into a squat today and it looks absolutely beautiful, mm -hmm. right? But – tonight you might get some news and now you can't sleep you know and instead of eating you know a salad with some chicken you decide i'm going to go to wendy's and check out that new pretzel burger or whatever and i, I had this conversation with someone yesterday they got that? Right? yeah they did it's, they said Dude. it was terrible don't try it oh really so, okay. yeah <laughs> I, I saved you five bucks right <laughs> thank you um but you might go home eat like trash sleep like sleep like trash and tomorrow you try to do the same squat and now all of a sudden like you can't get past parallel your knees are knocking together you know whatever so right. the there's a lot more than just like dysfunctional movement patterns there's there's a lot of things that can influence those types of things right but now if you're mindful mm -hmm. of this and you and you kind of get into your your body here mm -hmm. and you you learn from people when you're exhibiting that problem you go hey right. you know what my squat was good yesterday it's shit today mm -hmm. i didn't sleep well. okay i still want to do something though. right so so now you know a what there, that there is a problem that you could either say not today, mm -hmm. maybe tomorrow, or hey, maybe I could work on this. Maybe I could do that new mobility drill. Exactly. Maybe I could, you know, go to Mindful Movement PT on Instagram and look up a, a, a helpful exercise mm -hmm. to work around this. Maybe I could just grab my steel mace today. Exactly. And just practice with that and keep my chest upright and and maybe only go down halfway mm -hmm. and and work around it. But it, if you just mindlessly mm -hmm. do things, that's the problem. Yeah, that's now, when you end up in my office. <laughs> right, right. Which is not the worst thing in the world. You, you wind up in a hospital. Yeah, that's – you know what? <laughs> you know, just just because we're talking about it, like CrossFit gets a bad rap yeah. because of all the orthopedic injuries that kind of you know uh, stem from that. But I'll be honest, I'd rather somebody sprain their ankle or have some shoulder pain from doing CrossFit than having diabetes or yeah. cardiovascular disease. You right. know, I feel like that's the part that gets, you know, overlooked. So you're totally right. I'd rather you hurt, you know, hurt yourself a little bit and come see me rather right. than be in the hospital. Yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out because, um, like, herniated discs and mm -hmm. stuff like that could be lifelong injuries that result in, in, in major operations mm -hmm. and massive timeout laying around the house for, like, up to a year mm -hmm. where all your muscles completely atrophy. And if you you're just losing 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 mm -hmm. and i've heard people say things like well you know um all right it's controversial i guess but a hey, deadlifting oh well that's how you hurt your back well yeah if you do it wrong mm -hmm. uh, if you do it too heavy you know if you don't do it for if you don't ever have a coach show you what to do sure but okay what what if um you don't exercise though you're gonna hurt your back yeah. and then you're gonna be behind the eight ball you're gonna be behind like 10 eight balls if mm -hmm. that's even an expression but all i'm trying to indicate is that if you exercise regularly your body's going to be more muscular more fit so your injuries will be reduced or minuscule and like you just said like it might be like a shoulder injury but right. it's not going to be a blown out back right it's not going to be like a torn ligament mm -hmm. it's not going to be a bicep that's it's not, detached. It's not going to be a clogged up artery. A clogged up artery, right? Yeah. yeah. And and also, um, I mean, we could get into the mind if we want. We we all know we talk about it on the podcast a lot. How the steel mace affects your brain. Um, you know, exercise in general. Oh man, does something magical to the brain. Mm -hmm. It lights it up. It puts life and energy into it. Get all those endorphins. Yeah, and then it's like once you start that habit. It's like you can't stop. Mm -hmm. You can't stop. And it doesn't matter. I mean, hey, I'm I'm creeping up on 50. 
I can't lift what I used to lift. Mm -hmm. I don't even give a shit. Yeah. I'm actually glad. I'm actually glad that I'm not going for that big squat anymore because mm -hmm. that was like mentally like stressful sometimes. Like I'm good with picking up like a 50, 60, 70 pound dumbbell and doing a goblet squat. Right. They're, f they're way more comfortable. Mm -hmm. You know, I do, I'm starting to do more front squats than I ever did before. Um, so, you know, the... I feel very happy and proud that I set myself up as I get older that I have that mentality. Right. You know? But you could cultivate this at any time, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's one of the things that I really like to do is help people stay active throughout their entire life, help them stay strong throughout their entire life. You know, I have patients that are in their 20s. I have patients that are in their 70s. Right. And you know what? Like the system looks the same, but it's what are your goals? How are we going to manipulate these variables to help you get to where you want to be? We, you know... You, you touched on it before, but it's like, you know, you think doing deadlifts is dangerous. Like, try being weak, <laughs> you know? Right, right. How many people blow out their back lifting up um, a baby or packages? All the time. All the time. I hear – I can't tell you how many times I hear, like, new parents – um, hurt their back lifting a baby out of the crib. Right. You know, is it because their back wasn't strong enough to lift the baby? No, it's probably because they haven't slept in six weeks. They have had nothing but, you know, chicken nuggets and, you know, the warm beer from the night before, you know, like whatever. <laughs> that it, sounds like a college day you must have had. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. You know, like, it was their back not resilient enough to pick up this, you know, 10-pound, 15-pound child? Like, right. For sure it was, but like we were talking about before, like, with dysfunction, there's a, so many other factors that are, are, are going to play play a role. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think uh, a good message, too, is the more you work out, the more in tune with your body. So when you do go lift up the kid, like, you'll put your you'll, – you'll hinge. Exactly. Because you just hinge all the time. And then right. you're, you'll load up your hamstring, and, mm -hmm. and you'll, you'll, you'll – when you kind of, like, scoop up the baby, you'll do, like, an arm curl, but you'll know to also pull the baby in – close to your body exactly. and keep your keep your trunk tight mm -hmm. it'll just happen naturally because you're doing it all the time in a gym your coach is always like tighter you gotta be tighter squeeze this engage right. your lats it's it all just starts to happen well it's that and then on top of it it's like the stronger you get the for those lower level activities the less you actually have to pay attention because you have the the base level strength right so there's like there's uh, high threshold strategies and low low threshold strategies, right? So if when you're going to pick up your baby, you're using the same body technique as like a 400 pound deadlift, like that's a red flag, yeah. right? I don't know that I necessarily want someone doing that, right? But if you you go to pick up a 400 pound barbell the same way you would go to pick up a baby, that's a problem too, you know? Right, right. So you want to like you want to match the 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 body shape and effort to the task in front of you and the stronger you are the more robust your body is and the more you know pattern you know more positions you can get into and out of with the appropriate amount of effort yeah that's great man uh we're gonna wind down the podcast here but i'm gonna hit you with um a question that i don't even know if you'll be able to answer but we're talking about how people move we're talking about dysfunction we're talking about something that maybe people never even put their thoughts behind like well, what's i gotta pick something up i just pick it up what's mm -hmm. all this uh, technical talk why are we getting so it, my body is designed to has it always been this way for humans what happened to us that mm -hmm. we don't know how to like lift a log up off the ground properly right uh yeah that the, I, I think it's 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 
societal, it's environmental, it's habitual. Um, you know, we're not really meant to be sitting in chairs like this all day, right? Um, what, what's your day look like, right? You get out of bed, you walk over to the bathroom, whatever, you make breakfast, you sit down, you eat, you get changed, you walk down to your car, you drive your car sitting to work, you walk from your car to your office, you sit down at your desk, you stay there for eight hours, mm. you get up, you walk from your desk back to your car, you sit down and you drive your car back home, right? So maybe you go to the gym for an hour, right? Is that one hour enough to counteract every you know the rest of the day sitting right no probably not right. right so what's the answer right well put your body in as many different positions as possible you know feed your brain with movement and you know try to try to make sure that you uh capture the low-hanging fruit yeah good sleep good hydration good food in your body and stress management yep i i, I think that's a good answer i agree i think our ancestors well, the only reason why we exist today is because mm -hmm. our ancestors were designed to to largely deal with a super hostile environment mm -hmm. where every minute of the day was hanging on this this idea that you need to survive and you're constantly looking for water and food mm -hmm. and shelter and protecting your, your family, your right. tribe. And then there's things trying to kill you, and there was no paved roads, no stairs, no elevators, no cars, no horses. Right. You had to climb over rocks and through things and crawl and all this stuff. That's the only reason why we exist today. Right. Because we had bodies and, and, and we were set up to handle that. Right. And we're still set up like that. Well, that's kind of why our nervous system developed the way it does, or it did, right? You have your sympathetic system, which is your fight or flight, and you have your parasympathetic, which is rest and digestion, right? So in our, our ancestors probably had a better way of balancing those things out, right? We know when there's a, a stressful environment and we're going to ramp up our sympathetic system so that we can be fight or flight. We can be strong and springy and, you know, ready for those types of uh, things. But you can't stay there forever. Right. You have to get yourself to a point of rest and digestion. And now with like constant stimulus with uh, cell phones and screens and, you know, work and this and that. And paying the bills. Paying the bills and everything, yeah. right? people tend to find themselves in this hypersympathetic state all day all the time that makes you stiff that makes you you know have that protective tone it you know can make you more sensitive to uh pain stimulus right right so having a way to pull yourself out of that is like so important because you need to be able to balance those things yes yes exactly and i have the perfect cure for that and I think you know what the answer is, steel mace. It works wonders. Put it in your trunk, mm -hmm. whatever. Take it into the office with you. Put it right next to your desk so when your boss walks in, you look at it and say, yeah, I'm about to go swing a mace. Yeah. And then you just do 10 minutes. And you could you could definitely ratchet down that that crazy state you're in. And oh, for sure. Especially if you feel it like, hey, man, I am hyper tense right now. Mm -hmm. I am like – I am activated and it's over because of a paper that's due or because i didn't pay a bill on time mm -hmm. you know what i'm grabbing a mace right and it's portable you can do it anywhere you know it's generally pretty light you don't have to work up like a super super big sweat you can do a push pull hinge squat whatever you need to do you can get into a million different positions you know you can get your heart rate up you can breathe heavy you can work your grip there's a million different things that you can do to like use that as an outlet 
Charles, thank you for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. I think you uh, definitely added a helpful element for uh, all the viewers and listeners here. If you're in the New Jersey area, it doesn't matter. New Jersey's not that big. You could be in Cape May. Just drive up and see Charles. Stop by the Jersey Shore on the way and see me. You could swing some mace with me and then just go up and see Charles. Get your neck in order. Get your shoulders in order. Have them look at you. Have them uh, blow up a balloon. You know, you, maybe you could do balloon animals or have, something. Have a little party. Have a little party, right? <laughs> hey, I just want to sit here and blow up balloons all day. <laughs> Charles, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Remember, go to steelmacenation.com. Sign up for that newsletter. Get those discount codes. And uh, also go over to the YouTube channel if you're listening on the audio platform right now. Uh, subscribe on the YouTube channel because uh, I just released a series of workout videos called Steel Mace Firefighter. It's hashtag Steel Mace Firefighter. It's quick little tips for you guys on the job, man. It's easy stuff to just start building up your library of moves and understand how to use a steel mace. We'll see you at the next podcast. Thank you very much.